This is the Personality Psychology Podcast, and I'm René Mattus. Today, we will be talking about personality change, and I have three guests today. I have Matthias Alemond, Christoph Flückige, and Gabriela Rallo. Let's start by you guys introducing yourself. My name is Gabriel Laro, and I'm an assistant professor at the Department for Developmental Psychology at Tilburg University. And my background is um, I'm mostly interested in personality assessment, personality development, and consequences of personality across the lifespan. Christoph Flückiger, I'm professor at the University of Kassel, Germany. I'm actually a Swiss, and maybe you can hear the Swiss accent. So I'm a clinical psychologist and psychotherapist. And my interest actually is more in clinical psychology. And if we can uh, change personalities within these populations. My name is Matthias Alma. I'm a researcher at the University of Zurich. And I'm interested in the topic of personality since a long time. I'm basically interested in personality development across the lifespan, but also um, on personality dynamics and processes and in the last couple of years, I became very interested in this question, how plastic are personality traits and can we change them with uh, psychological interventions? Personality change topic seems to be very interesting to a lot of people, to lay people, to students and the researchers. And there has been a generation of research examining the effects of life events on personality trait change. For example, much of this research was lately summarized in the European Journal of Personality in a meta-analysis. And the findings are that, well, the associations between life events and personality change, while they're not completely non-existent, they tend to be quite small and sporadic. But now, there is this new generation of personality change research where, which focuses on, on how people actively want to change their traits. But why would people want to do this? Why would people want to change their personality traits? And does everybody want to change their traits in the same way? And if there is differences in how people want to change, is this difference, uh, are these differences themselves a trait? Well, first, it's very interesting to see that many people are interested to change aspects of their personality, like personality traits. When you ask people, approximately 50 or 60 to 80 in, 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 80% in, um, in studies reported that they are willing or motivated to change personalities. So this is the first point that is very interesting. And for me, it's also interesting to see that not only younger people are interested to change their personality, but also older adults are interested to think about changing their personality. And with respect to your question, well, this, this uh, um, a big question, what are the reasons for their willingness or their motivation for self-change? I can imagine that there are uh, different reasons. One reason, for example, is comparison processes. People compare themselves with an ideal personality or they compare themselves with other person. And those comparison processes might be one, one uh, um, reason why people would like to change themselves. Or, or just this idea of self-optimation or the need for growth and improvement are other reasons why people are interested to 
to change one aspect of their personality. And another reason is it could be that some people are dissatisfied with certain domains in their life. For example, we found that less satis people who are less satisfied with emotions or with help, they are more willing to decrease their negative emotionality, decrease their neuroticism. The question behind also is a little bit what trait means or what changes in trait means. And um, probably it's not a, a shift from a very stable behavior to a very stable behavior. It's probably to have more the flexibility or the possibility to get into such uh, traits. So to be extroverted, to behave extroverted. So it, it's a little bit the question how stable also these traits, what, what trait means. And it's probably more changes to get more, to have more flexibility. Matthias quite uh, summarized uh, all the things I also thought of. So primarily that uh, I think there's a discrepancy between how people see themselves and what their ideal self is. And um, may maybe there it's also important to mention that, uh, you know, so societal expectations or norms can shape that. So uh, if we live in a culture that values happiness and success and values, you know, social relevance or social status a lot, then that might shape um, what we perceive as an ideal self and thus the traits we want to change on. And then, um, yeah, apart from that, as Matthias said, I think it's a lot about re trying to reduce the satisfaction with certain aspects of life or trying to reach some goals by changing aspects of one's personality. Now, assuming that within any cultural context and time, like here and now, what is considered ideal is pretty much the same among most people. Does this mean that by changing their personality, most people would want to be more alike. And so by, by personality change, we reduce the variability in population among people. People just become more similar. Uh, no, there, there are quite some differences uh, between what people want to change actually and how much they want to change because uh, a lot of it, of course, depends on what your starting trade level is. You know, if you're already high on conscientiousness, you don't feel like you need to increase that further. Um, so depending on what people's trade levels are, what their goals are, their life situation, cultural context, they might have different desires to change. And although there, there are some similarities, it was not randomly distributed across all trades and then increasing or decreasing. So um, most people want to increase their emotional stability, followed by increasing conscientiousness or increasing extroversion. So these are like the most frequently mentioned change goals. And um, there are very few people that say they want to become more agreeable or more open in um, the peach intervention by Matthias and uh, Christoph. There were even more people that wanted to decrease agreeableness than uh, wanted to increase it. Well, that naturally leads me to the next question. Can people change their personality if they want to do so? Well, there are some studies, also our studies, that have shown that indeed it's possible to change 
like uh, specific traits if people are really interested and motivated to change for example negative emotionality or conscientiousness and they are willing to invest time and energy to work on their behaviors to train new behaviors or just repeat the behaviors but also to learn new things to make experiences on the cognitive level etc it's possible so there are some in you know, there is some evidence that indeed it's possible uh, to change personality with uh, interventions but of course there are not so there are uh, a few interventions i would say non-clinical intervention we have a larger literature from studies in the clinical area who have demonstrated that clinical intervention can also change personality traits, for example, negative emotionality or extroversion. So there's a more solid literature from the clinical field of research that intervention can also change some aspects of personality. But with respect to the field of um, non-clinical interventions, there are not so there are not a lot of interventions so far so but the existing studies have shown yes it seems possible can you tell me more about the clinical field then as we all know to change habits is it's sometimes a very hard thing with feedback from other persons and so on then it, it gets possible but even there if we changed such habits Perhaps uh, if we are in stressful situations, we are not able anymore to get to, to, to just behave in this new behavior. So it's probably you know, a very long-term uh, learning process. But the question is also if it's possible or not. And it seems that it's possible. Now, this begs the question, is it really personality that changes or is it something else? Is it just how people express their personality and cope with their circumstances that therapies and interventions help people to change? And you, Christopher, said that in difficult circumstances, people often tend to fall back to their usual ways of behavior anyway. So is it really personality per se that is changing or just something else? Or does it even really matter? Maybe it's just semantics. Behavioral change or adapting your emotions or thought processes in the moment, uh, you know, can definitely, you know, be a starting point for a personality change. But, you know, just changing a behavior doesn't mean that it's a trade change or a personality change, of course. So for, for me personally, the way I think about it, so when does it start to become a personality change is so um, let's say you want to become more organized and you start cleaning up your work desk every day. So you change a single behavior. Now that doesn't mean this is a personality change, but at some point you might feel uncomfortable if your desk is not clean and you might start to observe, okay, my home is also dirty. So I, I want to clean that as well. So the cognitive effective motivational processes behind that behavior changed that yeah, that constitutes a trade change. And uh, another thing that can be used to maybe identify if something is a personality trade change is to see if there's some transfer happening. So for example, um, you start cleaning your, your work desk, but then later on, you also start making lists, being more punctual or uh, cleaning your home. So there's transfer to other behaviors that were not specifically targeted. 
So that might also show that, okay, it's the underlying trait that has changed. Well, that does make sense. Basically what you're saying, it does look more like personality change if the change generalizes from one kind of behavior to another kind of behavior. Now, that makes me think that you actually recently had a paper in the European Journal of Personality and something like this. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, like, uh, unfortunately, we didn't like target only one item and then check if you know the other items change as well, which um, which would have been a very nice test of that because the intervention was very broad, so it, it affected many things at the same time. And um, what we did find was that people don't change on the entire trade domains necessarily but they focus on some facets so for example in the extroversion intervention most people try to become more social and uh, when you look at uh, the change goal literature uh, becoming more social is one of the change goals that people most frequently mention or people became more wanted to become more productive and organized on the conscientiousness domain but not more they didn't become more responsible um, so there are differences. So it's not not always the entire trade domain that changes, even though results are often presented that way. Well, this is of course similar to what is happening in the field of cognitive abilities. Well, there are numerous interventions that try aim to increase people's cognitive abilities, but the critical test there is if the intervention effect generalizes from one domain of abilities to another. For example, they train working memory and then they ask, well, does this improvement in working memory generalize to verbal abilities or reasoning abilities or, or something like this? And what they usually found that these effects don't generalize that well. But then again, maybe that's okay. It's like if I go to gym and train a certain group of my muscles, well, this group of muscles gets better, but the effect doesn't generalize to other groups of my muscles. But that's fine. I still go to gym and I still do my workout and, and that's, that's okay. So what do people have to do if they want to change? <laughs> that's, a, that's really a big question. I, and, and I don't think we have the final recipe for that. That's why we suggested to to use different approaches all and multiple activities, multiple intervention techniques and activities, not, not only just one, because as Christoph mentioned earlier, it's, um, it's not easy to change personality traits at all. So you need to train a lot new behaviors, but also the thoughts, etc. That's That's why we suggested to at least try to focus on the one hand on the practice, practicing new stuff, and on the other hand, also the learning processes. What do you learn about the new behaviors or the, the old behaviors, etc.? More the thinking about change, thinking about uh, your goals and things like that. So that this is a completely different approach. It's more a cognitive, uh, cognitive approach. For example, we teach them how to systematically use self-reflection. Because typically during daily life, we... I would say it's not typical to systematically self-reflect about one's own behavior and and experiences, and that's that's a I think that's a very a nice tool. This systematic self-reflection, and another uh, broad um, approach is resource activation. Maybe Christoph can talk uh, more about this resource activation thing because people have their strength; they have their uh, resources and one idea is just to activate the strength of people 
actually I would like to repeat what you teached me and this was go out to, to the um, comfort zone so that yeah. would be probably one uh, oral mechanism to just uh, because we could just think oh this is my trait and I like to say I'm this is me and I like to be like this and then yeah it, there is nothing to change and it's probably just to re to have the the question is this me or do I have other facets that I have in my life that would be interesting for me and maybe if we think for example extroverted extraversion we probably know persons that are extroverted and maybe even if we make a theater or a role rule play um, to be a little bit like these persons then we would be able to feel this a little bit more extraversion and this means a little bit the resource activation in sense that of, we probably all of us have tendencies um, or for all, this is human, all, actually all traits are, are human and we all are extroverted and on, on one hand. And maybe we can foster a little bit this, this kind of being. That would be the idea of resource activation or capitalization. So that means that we can start with the behavior that we already we are not zero we are we start with something so successful interventions to change people's personality traits capitalize on the characteristics or behaviors they already have now does this mean that the interventions have to be very individual specific and there is no one recipe for all of them so for example an intervention to change my extroversion would be different from that of uh, the intervention to change Gabrielle's extroversion or Matthias's or Christoph's or any other person well on the, on the other hand there are some like prototypic situations in which you can, for example, uh, to become more extroverted, it's important, for example, to, to leave the comfort zone and, and, for example, discuss or chat with people you don't know, for example, in the grocery store. Just talk with the people. For people who are not extroverted, this is already a big challenge. But this is a very small prototypic situation. And for some people, it's the grocery store. For other people, there are a lot of social situations that are opportunities to learn new behaviors or to train already existing behaviors. But of course, it's very personalized. So the situations are individual. Okay, there is also another question about individual differences in how interventions might work. Well, let's say we do have an effective intervention and, and we see on average in a study, uh, people do change as a result of the intervention design. Does this mean now that usually most people change a little bit in their personality traits as a result of this intervention? Or is it more likely that it means that some people really change and they maybe change a lot, but other people don't change at all. I mean, then are there individual differences in the effectiveness of the intervention too? Of course, there are uh, in individual differences in the effectiveness of the intervention as for, I guess, any intervention. Yeah, maybe the interesting point also related to the paper you mentioned earlier that we published in EGP is that 
you know, not just the, the level of the change might differ between people, but what exactly they change. So we say they became more extroverted, but of course it's idiosyncratic how they uh, how they show this change, you know, which aspect of it, like um, at a very basic level, you know, that one person became more assertive, the other person became more social. But of course, this is even more fine-grained in real life that just specific sets of behaviors or um, uh, thought patterns might change depending on the person. Maybe um, in psychotherapy, or we, we just talk now about very specific changes, and this makes and these are extremely individual. But probably the end of uh, interventions are quite similar for many different people. So they usually would like to reduce suffering, individual to foster psychological well-being and to be more social or in, in a sense more have a more psychosocial functioning and this seems to be quite universal so even these are very tight different approaches maybe the end is quite it's quite universal which which is fascinating on one hand and also a little bit um yeah not very logical okay let's say the interventions work but now, how long do they work? How long do these intervention effects last? I mean, clinical interventions, the digital interventions you have been working on, psychotherapy, are these changes permanent? Or is it more like going to the gym, where I go to the gym, I do workout, my muscles get stronger, but if I stop going to the gym, the effects will usually fade? Well, that's a very important question, I would say, for future research, because most of the existing studies included shorter follow-ups, like in our case, three months. And after three months, the effects were, were still there. So um, the changes obtained through the intervention was stable after three months. But three months is a sh quite short time period. And other studies used even shorter time intervals to you know, for these questions you've mentioned peach now once or twice what is it well peach was uh, an app a digital application that we have developed it's a coaching application that coaches people to learn new things to 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 do those activities to remind them about their tasks to do the self-reflection task and a lot of tasks and activities are embedded in this app and the basic idea behind this peach app is it's a digital coaching not with the real person but with the chatbot and it's it's really like an interaction but of course it's not the same like an interaction with a human being but this this was used this interaction to suggest activities and things like that and you see that it works right it seems to work yeah it's really in in life so you have yeah. the intervention every day every in every hour so it's not like for example psychotherapy where we would have one hour or three hours per week to, to have a reflection on, on, on your behavior. It's really real time. And also, I would just say about the changes of personality. This is a huge question over in psychology. 
uh, encyclopedia. We there are assumptions you need at least three hundred hours in psychoanalysis to get a real or a deep change, and then there are others. Um, um, yeah, hypothesis that maybe even very short changes, interventional change, then can change the, the behavior outside and then you will learn or get habits outside of the therapy room. What we do not know really is what the expectations about how many hours do we need to change. If people think we need 300 hours, then they probably need also 300 hours to get all these changes or maybe even if they have the expectation to, to change within 20 hours let's say then maybe they are also maybe even faster to change but this we don't know so we really don't know the number of hours how um, of intervention how um, for, for a real change and i would also uh, like to mention that the changes that we obtained were mostly from self-reports. Of course, we also included observer reports, and we found that observers were able, in some cases, to also observe those changes. But as a caveat, um, the change that we obtained were mostly self-report. And for future research, we need more, well, Observer reports are nice, are important, but they also have some challenges because we, we used the observer re reports uh, three times at the beginning, after the intervention, three months, of, three months, and then three months after the intervention. And the question is, is it possible to observe those changes during this short time period or what is needed um, to really observe changes in daily life from observers, because the observers, they also differ in terms of different um, relationships, etc. So it's not that easy. We need, for example, I would like to see behavioral, uh, like behavioral assessments in daily life. That would be really cool to show that um, those behaviors also translate to real behavior, not only self-reported or observer-reported behaviors, but really behaviors. At this point, I think I should ask a question that I think some listeners might already have. What about all these fancy new generative AI tools? I hear anecdotes that people are using these for self-help purposes. Do you think they will like replace speech-like apps and be a sort of spanner in your works? Wait, uh, people are using it to change their personality? I wasn't aware of that. Um, that's a good question. Maybe Matthias and Christoph have more insight on whether like the chatbot can completely replace uh, therapists or like guided interventions. Christoph, what are your thoughts? It's a creative way to, to have ideas, to also to, to have a structure Sometimes they pro it provides a good structure. And of course, it's always thought-provoking. Even it doesn't fit, it works because it just stimulates our brain. So I, I would say it's a very complex question behind, but I'm really astonished how it works. And 
and and I, I suppose we we will need such uh, such uh, feedback. Actually, it's a feedback. On one hand, it's really a, it's good to to have such feedback, and it's it's probably extremely helpful. The future has to show how much this is enough, or if it's it's of course it's a little bit the question behind if such questions just keep us in the comfort zone, or if they really have are so stimulating that they really uh, get us out of this uh, of our frame. And this is probably I don't know. We have there is really much more uh, research we need much more research on this and on the factors why these changes uh, happen well imagine this works i mean this could really democratize the way people help themselves but now personality trait change can also be a controversial topic i suppose for example i suppose many people would like to be taller imagine and many would want to be shorter maybe and now imagine that there was a pill created that would make some people maybe a few centimeters taller and then another pill that would make them shorter, like in Alice in Wonderland maybe. I mean, surely many people would feel uncomfortable with this pill being on the market and seeing millions of other people quickly, you know, growing taller or shrinking a bit. Or for another example, maybe plastic surgery is widespread. But I think it's still quite controversial and the idea of tweaking their physical traits makes many people feel uncomfortable. Do you think personality change is any different? I think this has to do a lot with the framing because uh, personality intervention sounds much more extreme than it actually is. It's not not like you're going to be a completely different person and nobody's going to recognize you after you did the intervention. You're just changing some aspects. And I mean... There are already all these, you know, self-help books, workshops, become more assertive, become more productive, become more happy, uh, happier, uh, more grateful, more forgiving. And all of these are, you know, just personality interventions uh, to some degree. So, um, so it is, I think the controversy comes a lot from people then thinking that, okay, these personality interventions are going to be used to force everybody to become more conscientious, you know, to advance uh, society. But it's, of course, not uh, the intention. The intention is to help everybody achieve their goals or um, reduce their dissatisfaction or suffering with certain aspects of their life. And I personally also don't think it's possible to force everybody to become more conscientious because... Uh, people might not be motivated to do that. And then we just can't. Um, well, of course, if you had that pill and you would force feed it to people, that might be a different story. But like using these interventions, I don't think that's possible. So yeah, it's a huge discussion about what uh, behavioral change means and if it's just the intervention. And m- maybe this would be even the hope that we just can have an intervention and then a psychological intervention and then I I just spent some time and then I'm changed. But this is a very external and a very inactive idea of how we change. And if we think all, if for example, learning an instrument and so on, we would never say, oh, you just, you know, you have just here this lesson and then you are done. 
No, what, what, what this means, lessons mean work. It means self-reflection. It means really hard work and active work. And even there, so I would say behavioral change is something very, very different than uh, inactive treatment, as we would suggest uh, a pill is just inactive. But of course, it could be that we, we, we think, oh, we have here this, uh, this app, and then we will just uh, start having new experiences and maybe even this could be a placebo effect in sense it doesn't matter so what we have it's just the the issue that we learn to be active so behind it's extremely probably a complex question how we change and i would say it's always we are changing and not the pill the pill is or anything it's not they are not changing it's always we Okay, this is not the way you said it, but it seems to be then the question about fairness. It seems fair if people actively to work to change themselves, but it doesn't seem very fair if people just passively sit and get lifted in the direction they want to without, you know, them doing anything. Actually, if we just take a look on dropout rates, you know, and uh, most people will experience, oh, I have to change. Uh, and this is not like pill. It, it really needs energy. It needs uh, uh, going out of comfort zone. It, it needs self-reflection and, and, and. And this is hard work. I think that you could also uh, ask the question, so do you think it's fairer if you can only lose weight by, you know, exercising and having a balanced diet? Or, um, you know, is it unfair if people can just do a surgery and then lose weight. We have discussed now that people often want to change in different ways, right? But Christoph, you also said that even when people want to change in apparently different ways, their end goals are often similar. So let me push you a little on this. In your personal view, are there any traits that people generally could have a little more of? I have heard some people arguing that, uh, you know, the human mind should generally be just upgraded so that people would become more intelligent and more conscientious, maybe. Basically, so that they could just, you know, achieve more, be healthier and, and better citizens, just do more stuff. On the other hand, others may feel that this thinking is maybe too naive and narrowly focused on our current time and cultural context of uh, what is here and now and what we just happen to obsess with at the, any given moment, in any given place. And I have to say, I certainly feel uncomfortable when I hear about these ideas. Also, I have heard other people, maybe like Yuval Noah Harari, saying that empathy is the most valuable uh, trait and that most people should generally cultivate that trait in them. What is your view? Are there any traits that could generally be increased in people? Of course, I think it should be an individual, uh, an individual's decision. What kind of trait uh, they want to change? Um, because so, if you think about a team that only consists of conscientious individuals who are very perfectionistic and rule-abiding, they will um, do an excellent, very detailed work, but it might not be very efficient and it might not be very creative. So you don't, you know, you don't want all people to be the same, of course. And, or uh, if you make people more intelligent to, you know, keep up with AI, 
you also need to provide you know job opportunities that match that so in the current uh, with with the current um, occupational landscape and it's maybe not ideal but like if you if you really if i really had to choose one my personal favorite would be emotional stability because i think like the impact on an individual's well-being mental health and also physical well-being would be um, quite substantial well personally i prefer individual differences and variety i also think it would be a boring a world in a world if all people are very conscientious or everyone is emotionally very stable that's a boring world but if some people have their interests or we, we would like to change one aspect of their personality in that case we should offer at least some evidence-based tools like intervention um, techniques etc to help them if they would like to become let's say more conscientious but i prefer variability <laughs> variety uh, i i agree with both also a little bit um to be astonished how where, uh, the world is functioning. And it's not all, uh, it's actually not all is clear and uh, implicit. It's actually not the implicitness that we are living <laughs> and, 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 and uh, yeah, to have this gratitude that, uh, and also respect, respect to people and to the world and to life. This seems to me a more general topic. Fortunately, there still is a lot of variety left among us. Now, this appreciation of variability would be a perfect place to end the podcast on personality, which is obviously all about the variety among us. But there is one more, and I think a very important topic, that I would like to ask you about. Now, what about one of the biggest interventions in the world that has been around for quite some time and is being practiced almost everywhere in the world? Education. I mean, this really is the biggest social intervention that we have ever devised in the society. And in many ways, I think it can also be thought of as a personality intervention, implicitly, and I think many places also explicitly. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, is it a personality intervention? And if it is, does it work? I would say yes, of course. This is the work what teachers are doing every day. It's not, it's of course also the, the math and so on, but probably the, the, the ideas what teachers have, it's more, more about personality and social issues. And then and, and on this point of view, I, I would agree that... Uh, um, it's about you know to be a human in a society which has to do with personality. Implicitly, almost every educational organization assume that education has an impact on personality development. But I, th I think one big question is what do they mean by personality, or, or what does it mean by personality development? Do they? Um, think about the traits or more different things like competencies because in the school of course you not only learn the educational competencies but also social competencies how to 
to manage conflicts in the classroom or with parents or with, with teachers and things like that. So, yeah, it depends a bit on the level or the level of, of, of personality. I think apart from implicitly developing, like helping students develop these skills or uh, et cetera, um, I mean, some schools are also doing it explicitly, like with uh, social emotional learning uh, programs, like I think private schools or um, more expensive schools, they definitely do focus on character development and um, beyond just knowledge. I mean, even Tilburg University's uh, mantra is um, shaping character or, or something the like. Um, so I think it is um, definitely uh, an explicit goal of many educational institutions to do that. Especially in totalitarian regimes, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I realized I actually have one more question to you. What about these mindfulness interventions and meditation interventions and mindful meditation interventions and so on are they similar to your intervention approach are there any different are there elements that are you're mixing in your intervention approach that borrow from these well i'm not really familiar with that literature of mindfulness and meditation but i can imagine that we also include it some components, intervention components from that literature, but like the self-reflection tools and things like that to 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 focus on the behavior in the moment and, and, and things like that. Overall, I would say it makes a lot of sense to to um, to uh, to have such concepts and to also we could say metacognitions to have insights how we think and what happens in the moment and on this point of view i would say yes every every intervention a psychological intervention would have a part that is uh, that needs a mindful insight i personally think that like mindfulness interventions and meditations are, are great I, th I think they can um, be very like useful um now, how does it compare to a personality intervention? I think Matthias and uh, Christoph and I uh, explained that very well. Like it can be one one component that can help you, um, you know, achieve more self insight, more awareness of why you behave in certain ways, why you feel certain ways, which then can help you change aspects of your personality, or with meditation to learn to accept um, your emotions, which then you know, might help you become more emotionally stable. So um, I personally do, do quite like these like intervention approaches. As I mentioned before, in, in our personality intervention, we borrow from different literature. We use different intervention strategies, components, etc. There is not the personality intervention with only personality related tools and and techniques that's i think in my view that's not possible but we can use established evidence-based techniques and activities from different areas and try them in this field of personality intervention and based of, on that of course we can use also uh, meditation elements for example if people would like to change neuroticism then I can imagine very well that those um, tools can be helpful 
well, yeah, this makes sense. I mean, people are different. People want different things. And for some people, the meditation interventions might work. For some people, mindfulness interventions. And for other people, beach-like interventions, more behavior-focused interventions might work the best. So to each their own. Now, this really is a good place to end this podcast. I appreciate this very interesting discussion. I personally learned a lot. Thank you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Ronnie.